For the record, I'm done trying to make y'all comfortable. That's right. For the record, you ain't trying to grow, then it's done for you. That's right. For the record, lab on me going all the way. All the way. For the record, ain't trying to link no time to waste. Stop for the record, for the record, for the for the record, for the record, for the record, for the record. For the record, I'm done trying to make y'all comfortable. That's right. Welcome back to The Clink, Moments of Redemption. In this episode, we hear how wealthy Brisbane solicitor Nigel Munt's life came crashing down thanks to addiction. Yeah, and so what happened with me was that I, I sort of had it and I intended to just have it for this one weekend and then I was not going to have it again. Just to get you through it. And then I thought, shit, that was all right, you know. <laughs> and it made me, you know, felt, you made me feel fantastic. So I was like, okay, well, I'll just have it for this week and then I'll stop at the end of the week. And then basically what started out in November 2011 was meant to stop. You know, okay, I'm going to stop by Christmas. I would definitely not go into je- next year. No way, no way. Oh, I got this under control, you know. And Did yeah. anybody else know that you were falling into this hole? Yeah, was it yeah, somebody but not, no, that not you many didn't... people. No, no not, it was, not many you were people. quite dark very about much it. a secret. You know? uh, absolutely. And, 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 you know, and so what happened then was it was sort of like progressively, progressively. And the funny thing about that drug was that for the first few months, I was killing it. You know, like I was sort of like, I was at work, I was working at home, I was feel like, okay, I'm going to do all these things, I get all this stuff done, and I was losing weight, and I felt fantastic, <laughs> and you know, it's sort of like, the perf- reminds me of that so Limitless, you know, the movie, you know, everything's fantastic, yep. then you burn out, and next thing you know, you're sort of, you're meant to be somewhere, and you're waking up, and it's four o'clock in the afternoon, and what the hell, you know, or you're starting to sort of look out the windows, because you're sure the light up the road wasn't there, it's not normally there, and yep. you know, all the, all the everything that happens that hearing the the you know the auditory hallucinations the whole bit and it just got worse and worse and worse but the i suppose the the getting arrested thing was that um there was this fellow in the house who was the uh is the ex-partner and he was the the father of, of my stepson and um you know he was there and he was sort of not long out of jail and it was going to be like oh he's going to get he's going to do all these things to us and if we pushed him away it was bad but if he was close it was sort of safe and it was this sort of situation yeah, I and, get it. Yep. and then of course you know I was sort of concerned about what was going to happen and I had kids there and kids coming and going and um, so basically what happened was it was like keep your, your you know your friends close and your enemies closer, closer. but what I didn't know was that for the whole time that he was out of jail because he was a very very well known crook um you know, he was under surveillance. So what's happening is they're mm. surveilling him and they're watching him and all of his mates that are, doing, that are sort of trying to get this drug dealing thing going and a big drug import that they had in planned, had planned to do. And in the meantime, you got the lawyer driving down to Boondle to buy drugs to bring back to use with his partner. And they're like, what the hell, you know? And so for a whole year, as I got worse and worse and worse and worse, everything's being recorded. There was eight in the house as well. The house, the oh, cars, fuck. the phones, everything so completely off. Yeah, and so what happened wow. was then it was funny because like there were things happening that were just weird, and I'm like, what the hell would happen there? Like, I'd be speeding in my car, and I'd get pulled over, and you know I'm going to get the book thrown at no, me, and go. they go back to the car, and then they'd come back and say, oh no, you're right to go. And I'm like, what the hell? Mm. And I was like, you know, and look back on it now, and I think, well, they were watching me. They didn't want to interrupt the thing, yes. blah, 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 you know. So what happened was, um, you know, I'd 
go down the road. I'd, and the funny thing was, I was like, I was such a naive drug user, it was embarrassing. Like, I think if you were going to be a drug customer and if you get me as a customer, sorry, if you're going to be a drug dealer and you get me as a customer, you're home. Like, I'd walk in and say, oh, can I have $500 worth? I wouldn't even know, didn't know what a point was or this you or just that. Had, you had lump sum of cash. I'd just go and say, here's $1,000, can that, I have $1,000 yeah, worth? And please? that'll get you through whatever. And- yeah, and then I'd use that. And then a few days later, can I have this and I have this? And it was just bloody hopeless. But what ended up happening was, so... There was the the sort of the primary people that were involved in this business that was going on, and then I'm they're driving my Utes, they're doing this, they're doing that, and, and so they're all I registered was, in your name. Yeah, and everything or, was considered yep. that I was the big guy oh, in the middle. So you were basically associated principal. Yeah, and so I was never really, and even when I ended up getting convicted, it was I was convicted of being a drug trafficker but not because I was doing it myself, but because I was a party to what they were doing. So as, as the law states with Group Enterprise, mm. basically, uh, you know, like the driver sits in the in the driver's seat, yeah, the well, boat robs the bank and you're pulls the trigger, well, yeah. you're getting done with the gun yeah. and the robbery yeah. as well as the car. Yeah, and what happened there? And, mm. you know, and there was a couple of there was a couple of discreet things that, that I did do that, that, that got me in all the trouble. But, you know, there was, they were on record of something like 150 occasions that I'd supplied, but the 150 occasions were driving down, going to the same place, buying from the same person, coming back, using it, go then, you know, a day or two later, come back, go again, go again. And it wasn't, you know, so it was different to that. But, you know, they had me caught up in all that and there was, you know, 10,000 phone calls transcribed and it was crazy. In a Queensland suburb, cops are raiding a suspected dealer's home. Police search warrant! Police search warrant! Police search warrant! And so the the day I was arrested, uh, six o'clock in the morning, I could not wake up. It's getting shaken, shaken, shaken. There's just a room full of police. And wow. it was crazy, you know. You had no idea that was going to happen. I had no idea it was going to happen. But what what had happened was the guy that was in the centre of it all, he was leaving. He was There'd been issues and he was finally going to move out and come live down the coast here. And so we were like, you know, that's the end of that chapter. And it was, you know, I was really excited that that was going to happen. Um, but what ended up happening was, you know, they turned up and he's been he's been arrested. He's in handcuffs. And I'm like, okay, well, this is right. And I'm saying, hey, I've got to go. I've got to go to court. I've got to go to place. And they're, no, you can't leave. Anyway, they gave me this whole heap of paperwork. And the in include, you know, so there was um, there was paperwork relating to federal police. And there was federal, sorry, and there was paperwork relating to state police. Anyway, so I grabbed the federal police warrant. And I read through it. And at the back of it was this big, long list of all these different people. Mm. And I'm looking and looking and looking and looking. I didn't see my name. I was like, oh, good, you know doesn't involve me, that's fine. And I sat down, I remember we were just sitting and waiting and waiting and they were processing this bloke. And then um, I just happened to sort of see a uh, another warrant and it had a state-based one. And I picked it up and I nearly died. It had Nigel Munt trafficking and I was like, what the hell is this, you know? Fuck. And I had no idea. And I and then I said, like, you know, this is bullshit, this is bullshit. What, why, how am I involved in this, you know? But it was, I, th- I think what happened was that at the time there was this belief that I was more involved than I actually was. And it, and it came out in the end that, you know, my involvement was very, very minor in that bigger, 
bigger operation, which was... I, I seen it uh, in the, anyway. the media, I think. What did you have? 17 charges, was it, or 19 charges? Well, I ended up getting charged with 23 charges. 23 but, charges. You know, they basically just picked they're going to charge you with that. But there was it was trafficking in the methamphetamine, and then there was about 23 supplies. But they just picked 23. It could have been 100. And that's the thing, too. You know, like I remember my case, it was... Um, the backup charges were supply. I was like, well, fuck, who have I supplied it to? Yeah. You know what I mean? I haven't even had a chance, but they were uh, adamant because of the fed- I was federal as well and yeah. then it went to state and it was the state backup charges. Yeah. And, and um, the reality is a lot of them do drop off as you go through the process, but, mm. you know, the ones that they want to stick um, yeah. generally cost us. Yeah. So here you are, a successful lawyer. Well, now a nice, I mean, yeah, with was, a nice addiction and oh, a criminal mate, it was, record that. It was terrible. Um, you couldn't get much higher than murder or, or, or something no. like that. Like you, no, fucked. I, mean, I, I can remember that day that I got arrested. Yeah, and I was just like in a state of complete, you know. And I mean, looking back on it, I probably shouldn't have been in a state of disbelief, but I was. You know, I just could not believe that this was happening, mate. I was just, oh, I was suicidal. I just was beyond myself. Couldn't work out what, what the hell was, was like, happening. What was it like, Nigel? Like, you know, I mean, looking back now, obviously at the time you don't realise you got a problem, or no. you. you, you th- you know, there's an issue, but yeah. it's not how an addict thinks. No, you know but I, 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 I mate, I was, I was. How, really how was it for someone like you to all of a sudden have this addiction of, oh, uh, was, of ice? I mean, the funny thing was, I don't know who I was kidding to think that I could dabble in that when I'm probably have really always been an alcoholic. I'm addicted to all sorts of weird stuff. You know, yeah. I have this crazy so your addiction. addiction I just personality. Get, yeah, and then to think that I could dabble around with the most addictive thing going. Um, you know, I don't know who I was kidding, but I, I really thought I could keep it under control and I just couldn't. And I think then what happened was that life was so crazy otherwise that it was just a complete escape. It was like, okay, things might be shit, things might be terrible, all the rest of it, but if I have this drug for the next 10, 12, 15, 18 hours, I'm going to feel fantastic and I'll worry about it after that. And it was just, that's where you get to. And I think that's probably the mentality that's so hard for these young kids that I come into contact with so often you know like I did a lot of work after I got arrested I did a lot of criminal work because I was uh, I was allowed to up until I got convicted and um and and I found that really really good for my recovery and for my sort of mental health you know return to form if you like was getting in and helping these other kids or other kids these kids that had had these problems uh, but, you know, I could just see it. Like, they, they get to the point where it's like, well, why wouldn't I use drugs? What have, you know, what else is there to do? You know, like, I'm, what, what's the point? And they get to that point in their life where they don't see that it's worth anything. Ice is the perfect destructive drug. It's easy to make, highly addictive, and it's everywhere. We know ice addiction destroys lives and nobody is immune. To hear more about Nigel's fall from grace an eventual story of redemption. Check out season two of The Clink. For the record, I'm done trying to make y'all comfortable. That's right. For the record, you ain't trying to grow any stuff for you. That's right. For the record, lab on me going all the way. All the way. For the record, ain't trying to link no time to waste. For the record, for the record, for the, for the record, for the record, for the record, for the record. 